Hello and welcome to the Plus Up podcast brought to you by Media Plus Advisors. I'm Carly Feinstein, uh, one of the partners at Media Plus Advisors, and I'm here with my partners, Susan George and Perianne Grignan. Media Plus Advisors is a media advertising and marketing consultancy helping marketers and agencies elevate the ecosystem collaboratively. We designed the Plus Up podcast so that we can talk about topics in today's media world. Um, and it also gives us the chance to talk to guests about those topics. And Perry Ann is going to introduce you to today's guest. Thanks, Carly. You know, when we, we, we use the word ecosystem and we think about working across it, because, you know, um, you know, we think that to make the entire thing strong, everybody's going to be strong, right? Uh, you know, I'm going to introduce Matt Prohaska, who is the, um, I think you say, founder, CEO, and principal of Prohaska Consulting. And really, I think, Matt, when I think about lifting up all parts of the marketing ecosystem, you know, certainly as it relates to uh, digital, um, you know, you've been incredibly successful um, and really, you know, been a leader in that space. Um, also want to say, how did I meet Matt? Um, we shared an office together uh, way back when at X plus one. I just want to say, I had the window, I think. And I think that your, your desk was right near the door how I got the better desk, you know, I don't really know. Well, um, seniority, <laughs> experience, intelligence, charm, <laughs> all the things you bring always. Plus, uh, you, yeah. you were uh, you were first in and I ended up being first out of that organization. But yeah, we were socially distanced at the time with an open window and about six feet apart, right? That's right. That's right. We were. That's right. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, Prohaska Consulting how it started and, and how it got successful and, you know, the mission that you're on today. Thanks. Well, it's great to be part of the Plus Up podcast. By the way, I, I don't know if uh, you guys have plans for this. I mean, Plus Up sounds like either uh, a fantastic new energy drink or something that you guys should be. I mean, do you have brand spinoffs ready to go? Are there are there T-shirts? Are there five-hour energy uh, competitive uh, pills that I can take? <laughs> To plus up um, when you know, I careful, to... careful. Carly likes to shop. Okay, so you're giving you're going to give her some ideas. That's fair. I thought you know we could take it anytime we need any extra uh, energy to get fired up about Google and Apple these days. But uh, I think it comes naturally uh, given what they're doing and that we'll get into. Um, so great to be here and uh, yeah. So Prohaska Consulting uh, just celebrated our seventh. Uh, very humble, but very happy and grateful uh, birthday and anniversary a few weeks ago. Um, we started in, in early 2014 and uh, have been privileged to help now more than about 430 uh, clients globally. Um, our firm is, is unique in a, in a few ways, fortunately still today from the day we started it. Uh, we serve six different global client verticals. So your audience is, is certainly very familiar with the, the work you guys have done uh, at Past Lives and certainly with Media Plus Advisors helping uh, brands uh, and agencies. Uh, that's one division of our team led by the great Aaron Yazgar globally. Uh, we also have a publisher strategy practice. We have a tech strategy practice. And then the rest of our business, that's about 90% of our business. And then the other 10 points come from a rapidly growing investor client practice where we uh, do a lot of fun due diligence uh, engagements for PEs and VCs, usually on the buy side, 
uh, when looking to buy or invest. In fact, uh, during this uh, recording here, we're on three different calls right now for our three different active uh, engagements with about 11 different teammates, a couple of them overlapping. So those are fun and our Slack channel gets very active uh, while management is presenting to us and we're in the gallery uh, asking questions with our client. Uh, and then the, we have a few points of our business, uh, uh, very proudly and importantly around trade groups and governments uh, where we work to just kind of lift all boats um, and help the whole industry. Um, and, and fortunately, we're, we're doing a lot of work there as well, uh, given uh, the uh, unique transformation that we're all going through in our industry globally today. Well, great. Thanks, Matt. Uh, you know, now that your firm has been helping marketers solve some of their biggest digital issues for several years now, is there a theme that runs through really what they desire and does that differ from what they really need? Yeah, we started... Uh, packaging our services and recognizing about five years ago that every one of our services neatly fell into one of three camps. We either help our clients with their tech, with their targets, or their talent. When we say targets, we mean audience data usually. Um, and so every single one, it's the architecture and framework of all of our deliverables. It's how we evaluate targets for our investor clients. Uh, it's how uh, we have uh, assistance either with strategy and or execution, because often uh, one way we're unique is that we're often doing the work uh, in, in gaps to fill gaps for clients while our recruiting team is hiring and placing our replacements who we then train and then leave, because that's what helps clients first and us second. And we've placed a uh, a very risky, uh, but uh, fortunately or crazily unique strategic bet that if we serve them first and us second, we'll just win in the long run. And so we've fortunately seen a lot of tech companies and other agencies and others that, um, you know, have uh, differing, um, you know, opinions on on who gets served first, if you will. So um, we've seen that in the history and, and, and we've said, look, let's just whatever you guys need. Uh, we'll help you. And fortunately, we've got the the talent ourselves with about 75 full and part-time people globally now that are active here uh, in Q1 of 2021 and a bench, uh, amazingly, of, of more than 400 that are available. We just don't have all the work yet, but we're working on that. So tech targets and talent is the uh, is, is are the ways we we help folks. And, and again, um, happy to get into what that means around uh, identity, which is one of those services that cuts across all of our verticals and is the most active uh, work we're certainly doing now around the world. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you about, you know, post cookie identifiers. And, you know, during our warm up, I said, you know, I had no idea that there were, you know, um, what is it, you know, three dozen of these that are out there or, you know, and they are growing and you're expecting more to come out. You know, I guess the question is, is that, you know, how are marketers and the media ecosystem at large transitioning to an identity foundation? Yeah, so as of this recording, we've got 38, we're, we're tracking 38 uh, potential ID partners in the US, 55 globally, and there are three more coming that we know of that just haven't been announced yet. I'm sure that number will increase uh, by at least double digits. Uh, by the fall as uh, more folks uh, either pivot their business models or race to uh, create alternatives to uh, to the ecosystem today. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny. So uh, fortunately, we've got a little history on um, how the industry 
changes or doesn't change based on big moves from one small little company called Google and, and others. Um, when Google, um, some of um, I know your listeners will remember, and I know you guys will remember, in uh, right before GDPR hit, about a few weeks before in uh, in May, um, Google decided to pull the plug on their DFA and uh, ad serving and uh, basically sweep the leg of a lot of marketers and agencies. I remember uh, we were in a holding company's offices in New York back when. You know, you would gather uh, five people in a small conference room uh, in New York. Um, uh, good times. Uh, we'll, we remember them fondly and look forward to doing those again. But when that news hit uh, early that afternoon, there was a 26-year-old uh, from the agency who came running down the hall like, uh, and, and uh, this might be an old guy media reference, but uh, like Joan Cusack in Broadcast News, if you remember that famous scene where she you know, there's the wonderful sound effect, and she probably did it for real of slamming into the water fountain. Like he, this person almost tripped and fell coming down the hall and came in and said, you wouldn't believe what Google just did. You know, we might be screwed kind of thing. And so when Google made their announcement on their latest announcement on March 3rd, confirming what a lot of us had known was, was coming, uh, we saw a lot of people around the world having that same reaction. Um, it, to to get back to your question about how you know how and and how many of those marketers actually changed back uh, with this new uh, post cookie ID world, um, what we saw from marketers and agencies were about 25% of agencies back in that GDPR day said you know what that's it this is the last straw screw them screw this we can't be vulnerable anymore we got to build out our uh, you know, what we've been uh, humbly calling the ABG option, the anybody but Google option, um, or at least have plan B set up that is not completely dependent on one private company or publicly traded company, but one uh, corporation. 75% though, we found roughly kind of shrugged their shoulders, kind of slumped their shoulders and said, oh, well, I guess we're just gonna, we should just go all in with Google. Um, you know, Google's got a lot of smart people, obviously, and a lot of uh, smart folks who've been there at least a decade who remember that um, and who probably have taken a calculated risk um, and recognize that uh, they predict uh, and expect most people uh, to work with ads, uh, ads Data Hub and with the, the full stack off of this latest one. So, you know, what, what we're encouraging folks is just to keep an open mind and recognize that there are multiple solutions, not just the the 50 plus global identity partners out there, but certainly other partners across the, the buy side stack um, to be able to look at ways to to continue personalizing ads better for their for their audiences. You know, I'm going to say that that 75 percent number is going to come down. You know, I, I truly believe, Matt, that marketers want choice. They want choice. Now, right now, what might be happening is that, you know, safe harbor, you know, tends to win in a time of disruption, right? People yeah. kind of like hang on and go to safety and wait and look around and, you know, what are other folks doing, you know? But I, I really think that number is going to come down. Yeah, People I mean, want choice and they, they, they're, they're looking for this choice. Yeah, and there's an analogy, frankly, with the world uh, that we've all been living in, uh, in and out of our industry the past year. I mean, when you have massive fear, massive disruption, what happens? We flee to comfort. 
why do you think comfort food? I mean, the reason I still have a dozen uh, LBs to drop uh, and then some uh, is because um, I haven't had as many sanity walks as I used to have. Um, and a lot of us uh, are used to, you know, finding food, beverage, entertainment, people uh, that bring us comfort and security and remember uh, that everything's going to be okay. That is what Google is banking on, that people are obviously very comfortable with using their stack and they will think, well, that's the safe play. That's the easy way. Uh, we would we would humbly critique that's the lazy way of doing things. Um, and again, that's a calculated intentional move by certain companies. So keeping up with the news from Google is like a full-time job these days. And, and then you add on all the commentary and the news in the trade press. I, full disclosure, I rely on Perry Ann to like summarize it for me. <laughs> Can you provide us with how you see the news impacting digital media? Like, is it good for digital media, for Google, for consumers, bad? Tell us, tell us what you think. Well, let's start with consumers first, because we're always most important remembering that we do this to help human beings um we think it's going to be worse for consumers ironically if what google and apple have been doing uh continue to uh have the commercial and personal or lack of personal effects that they plan on having um yeah the irony is that apple speaks of how they're so so worried about your privacy and the only people you can trust of course is us by buying an $1,100 brick um so we got you um you know we're not going to let your data go anywhere of course it'll stay with us and we're going to leverage the heck out of it in our app store with our uh soon to be uh relaunched ad business there um replacing their two failings on iad um and google's message of course the same um you can trust us marketers um, consumers are going to have a wonderful personalized experience within YouTube still and within all of our O&Os and anybody that allows us to have full control on the buy and sell side, that experience is going to be great and everywhere else it's going to suck. Um, and that's part of the calculated risk as well. And so you have a bit of a catch 22 or, you know, an acceleration of, um, this dichotomy and gap where consumers will have an awful experience outside of every single walled garden because no marketer and no publisher knows what their experience is outside of the individual other publishers. Um, so consumers will continue to get frustrated saying, why, do you, why are you serving me this ad for the 14th time? Oh, right. I mean, consumers don't understand reach and frequency capping um, or how to generate real GRPs in this new world. Um, by an individual or even household. Um, so it's going to look worse outside of the ecosystems and they're going to want to have better personalized content. Remember, this is about personalized content as well as marketing um, that suffers as a result of these moves. Um, and so it's gonna hurt consumers uh, more um, and because ironically or not, um, they have, we have less choice in the matter. Uh, this is something that's being done to consumers um, while linear TV ads continue to be run uh, by Apple during the World Series back in 2019 and still today saying we got you and 
you know, gloomy music and dark lighting around data sharing and don't worry about it. We're going to actually, you know, uh, awake the ghost of the great Steve Jobs and change our logo to a padlock in the final three seconds of all of our TV spots. It's that important to us, guys. Um, and Google continues to run, you know, wonderful TV ads helping small business. And aren't we uh, wonderful for being part of this revitalization and people coming back when at the same time, uh, we've heard stories from agencies who help small businesses that Google is really holding them hostage uh, in terms of the bid rates that they need to uh, accept um, and borderline extortion is how it's been described to us. That's not our quote, that is others quotes who live every day trying to help small businesses market their services in and out of walled gardens. And so you have this dichotomy where it's the classic magician, you know, pay attention to what I'm doing over here from a PR standpoint, not what I'm doing over here in terms of eliminating choice and tilting scales commercially in our favor. Hmm, interesting. So, you know, let's shift to the agencies then and what they're concerned with right now. You know, we're three months into 2021. What are some of the top issues agencies are tackling and how they're positioning their offerings and services for marketers from your point of view? Yeah, so you guys have worked at and with plenty of uh, large holdcos and great independents for many years as we have. Um, proud alum of BBDO where they let a 23-year-old at the time launch the digital media practice in 1994. Um, so I'm uh, I'm fan of, of big agency and agencies in general, and we are as well. And that's why we lump our marketer and agency work together because, I mean, here's, here's so, so for perspective, we did a lot of in-housing engagements, of course, a few years ago and, and still doing uh, some right now, but unlike some other consultants who use the fear of, hey, brand, you're getting screwed by your agency, uh, you got to hire us. Um, you know, we help with the tech targets and talent and evaluating, but we went through major three to six month reviews for global pharma, large retail and large uh, CPG. And in every single case, their agency relationship got strengthened because of our work. Because in the agency did things at the time, like, um, <laughs> you know, it's like I remember, uh, you know, from uh, one of our favorite movies, The Princess Bride, uh, when Andre the Giant shows up at the gate uh, and uh, you know, Fazzini asked for the key and uh, the guy, the, the, the goon says, uh, oh, I don't have any key. And then they said, you know, knock him in the head. Oh, you mean this key? Um, you know, we would see agencies go, oh, that that MSA with with our rates on double charging you tax fees. Yeah, don't worry about that. Um, here, here's the new one. Um, you guys hired Prohaska or anybody. Uh, sorry. Yeah, no need to look at that anymore. Here's a new way we'll do business. And that helped them. And they move forward stronger together because brands realize that, uh, I mean, even uh, uh, pre-pandemic, it was especially harder. It's, it's easier now, certainly with, uh, with the move to accelerated uh, remote working where we can be anywhere on this planet or elsewhere, as long as we're present for our clients and teammates, right? Um, there's power in person, of course, that we know, but it doesn't have to just be that. Um, you know, not every brand is headquartered globally in New York, Chicago, LA, London, San Francisco. And so when it comes to talent, when we said, well, here's what your org chart needs to look like to replace your agency, if you really want to do that, 
you need to hire 32 people to cover these channels, omni or siloed, if you still want to do that. And then, oh, by the way, here's the analytics practice. And oh, by the way, here's the attribution and measurement practice. And, and you're going to want them all to move to, you know, wonderful but not major city and have them pick up the, okay, um, good luck with that. We'll, we'll help you recruit. But uh, again, easier in a post-pandemic uh, coming to do that. But that's some of the reality of where, you know, fortunately agencies are, are having a nice little revitalization. I think most of them have been humbled enough um, by losing business, talent, expertise. And in what we call a post-Zaxis 2.0 world, when it comes to identity and attribution and measurement, there's a real place for agencies to uh, reestablish what second party data means in being a true agent for their clients, representing them on media and God forbid, creative together uh, under the same roof again. Uh, that's nice to see that revitalization. We've all seen the, the danger of uh, splitting that vote the last two decades, right? Um, you know, companies that, are, uh, that have Wall Street telling them they're supposed to hate each other um, and they're supposed to play well in the sandbox during a brief, really? Um, how well did that go in terms of right-hand, left-hand, media, and creative, right? Uh, so, you know, fortunately, we're starting to see the reunification there. We're starting to see, uh, you know, a couple agencies that we're, uh, that we're flirting with helping right now on a global basis, see what identity means for, for them uh, in unifying their quote-unquote brand teams, their quote-unquote performance divisions. Um, so we're we're bullish on agencies for what it's worth um, going forward. That's great. You know, um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people got into our business, like in the broadest sense, in different ways. And you and I both have a lot of friends that kind of came in through the, um, you know, the math door, right? Like yeah. the analytics door, right? I'm thinking of Leon and other people. Yeah. And you know, and they, you know, they get up every morning and they're like, okay. I need to do some, you know, pre-campaign attribution, you know, predictive modeling, or I want to do like post and, you know, keep this, you know, keep this optimization going. You know, what's the status currently of attribution practices? And not just from, you know, you know, our clients looking past it now and we both know that there are a lot of boutique firms out there and the giant consulting firms that, you know, swoop in and have attribution practices. You know, how are clients or the, you know, really thinking about this now? And, um, you know, what do you think their next steps are? Yeah, so PlusUp could have a spinoff podcast doing nothing but talking about attribution and measurement for the next year. Okay. Um, that would have plenty of material. Um, so yeah, we, so for perspective, 18 months ago, we planted a flag internally and then started planning it externally going into our 2020 little corporate strategy sessions because we believed that the most new work we'd be doing over the next one to five years are not by coincidence, the same two areas that Google, Facebook, and Amazon, and then BAT, of course, in, in mainland China, have in spades and thousands of other publishers and brands don't have, and that's identity, and that's attribution and measurement. Um, Dana Moon on our great sales and marketing team and, and several other uh, teammates uh, at Prohaska all had the privilege of working together at AOL way back in the day. 
Um, talk about great people at a unique time in the uh, mid to late 90s, especially through some uh, through uh, some change management there. Um, I mean, we um, we basically uh, recognized when we uh, bought advertising.com back in 04, which is still probably the greatest uh, uh, MarTech uh, M&A transaction uh, ever. When you look at the the upside uh, to AOL on that from from those geniuses in Baltimore and elsewhere, um, and I had some other uh, privilege to have some other good work in behavioral marketing way back earlier uh, than that. Um, the concept of tag and bag when it comes to attribution and measurement is is very very real, um, and a lot of smart people have gamed a system that has been set up to keep score let's say not fully accurately for 20 years. Um, so the next big move, you think identity is big and it is, the next big move is when marketers along with their agency partners and publishers wake up and realize that maybe we should keep score a little better. Um, you guys remember the great Blues Brothers movie, right? From 41 years ago. Um, so- 41 years ago, that movie was 41 years ago? Yeah, it was- Oh boy. Yeah, I was on IFC last night, so of course uh, I, I had to watch uh, four scenes um, again for the 88th time. Um, but yeah, to quote Elwood Blues, we're on a mission from God to teach every CMO and every media agency director to kick the habit when it comes to last click, last touch attribution. So we know that's not going to be overnight, but we think it's worth it. If we have a podcast about favorite movies will you be a guest i would love to i would actually okay. share um to show you how extreme a dork i am maybe beyond what you already know or, or expect no i have a ranker of the top 200 movies of all time that uh we rotate um and blues brothers actually moved up one spot um within the top 20 just last night because i appreciated two other things that i hadn't seen the previous 41 years yeah no, oh, wait, you have to tell us what num what's number one on the list. And what did it kick out, Blues Brothers? <laughs> no, it just, yeah, really, yeah, what's number yeah. one? No, 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 it just, it traded spots. Uh, okay. Uh, it traded spots with the usual suspects. Um, you know, it, I, I hadn't fully appreciated the musical talent that uh, the Blues Brothers assembled. I mean, when you go, oh, here's just a random scene with Ray Charles. Oh, here's... Oh, Aretha. Yeah. You know, yeah. Aretha as a you know, I, I I watched Think Again and I went, you got to be kidding me. That's just just Aretha doing a, a humble scene and just blowing the doors off of people. Sure. Anyway, um, legendary stuff. Uh, number one is uh, I'm a huge golfer, so number one's Caddyshack because you put golf and Bill Murray together, and I'm 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 set for life. That's great. Great. Well, I um. I was going to to point out that you did. I loved all the movie references, and you happen to have referenced my favorite all time movie, which is Princess Bride. Oh, oh mine too. <laughs> Seems he's Carly. No, yeah, look at that. Number four, number four for me. Yeah, no, right so up there. Good. No, one so of my good. one of my one of my dreams came true after after twelve years of our daughter's fifteen years on this earth. Uh, we finally sat down and watched the full movie last Saturday night um, because she was ready, and I said, you know those. 37 references your mother and I have been making uh, up until now. Yeah, that's what that means. And so she's seeing characters, you know, like, like uh, you know, Wesley and, and others are like, wait, that's this person. I'm like, yeah, this is introducing Robin Wright. 
you know, used to be known as Robin Wright Penn. Remember him? Anyway, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean she didn't just roll your her eyes at you? Because that's what my 15-year-old does. <laughs> so the eye roll, uh, we are... We jo- my wife and I joked that we were for our daughter's 15th birthday last summer, we were going to make a custom emoji of just her face eye rolling. Uh, <laughs> that, that was going to sweep the nation. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's standard in this house. <laughs> well, this I can't believe that we're we're coming to the end here. But before we conclude, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to share with our listeners? Too much, but uh, we'll we'll save time and let folks get on with uh, taking action off of hopefully a few things that we uh, inspired folks with uh, these uh, these uh, precious and grateful minutes together. Thank you. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much. Um, and if anyone is interested in finding out more, you can uh, find Matt at perhaskaconsulting.com or on LinkedIn. And to our listeners, thank you very much.